Welcome back, believers in Christ. If you hadn't already done so, I encourage you to listen to prior episodes of this podcast and to tell others about it via a link on your social media platforms. And I also encourage you to follow or subscribe to this podcast. Please do so so that you know when new episodes are posted and so that the message and the word of God as written in Acts 18.9 comes to fruition. Now, to this episode. My brothers and sisters in Christ, newsflash, families and Christian households are in a state of flux and under assault by those who seek to destroy the very foundation that they are based on, which is the body of Christ. How? I'm glad you asked that question. By sowing seeds of doubt, discourse, and mistrust in God the Father, which in turn fractures families and Christian households to the point that they are no stronger than wet paper. The body of Christ consists of those individuals who are believers of God's word and who knows that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 21 says about the body of Christ and its members. But now they are many members, yet but one body. And I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. And listen to what 1 Corinthians 12.23 says about weaker members of the body. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. C-O-M-E-L-I-N-E-S-S. Now, comeliness means beauty and attractiveness. Now, listen to what verse 24 has to say about comely parts. For our comely parts have no need, but God have tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. L-A-C-K-E-D. Lacked. You see, God is telling us that the strongest part of the whole is only strong because of the strength and beauty of the weaker which he celebrates and honor and together as noted in verse 27 makes up the body of Christ here's what that verse says now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular my brothers and sisters in Christ this same principle should apply to any family and not only to the body of Christ. You know the old adage, a family that what together 
yeah, prays together, stays together, and loves together. As noted in James 5, 14 through 16, here's what it says. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You see, my brothers and sisters in Christ, sinners are to be prayed for too. Just as we pray for each member of the body of Christ. And in Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.11, it also encourages us to cling to one another. It says the following, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And God's message to us always includes the children trust and believe when I say this they are watching their elders and they will be applying what they see to their own households the good and the bad listen to what Proverbs 22 6 says about that train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, we know, like God knew, <laughs> that the young, well, at times, act like they don't have any home training. But trust and believe, it's in them, even when they are acting out. Those of us who are blessed to have been a part of a tribe of elders, who helped raise that child know that what they see at times is not representative of what they know to be inside of that child. And as human history has shown, some will mature faster than others. This is why God instructs parents to train up a child in the way whereby he or she will not depart from it so when he seeks out a wife he would know how to treat her and care for her and his family in a way that's pleasing to God listen to what Genesis 2 24 says about men coming of age therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh i.e. working it out together yes women he will 
and does need your help to hold things down. And that's why God bless him with you. Man, listen to what Genesis 2.18 says about that. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man shall be alone. I will make him and help meet for him meet being mate. Men, let not your woman want for nothing. The Bible teaches she can hold her own too. Listen to what Proverbs 31, 14 through 15 says about a woman's ability. She is like a merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, God gave man and woman dominion over this earth and he meant for both to keep it pristine. Listen to what Genesis 1, 26 says about that. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl and the of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Did you pick up on that word them? I hope so. <laughs> because one cannot do without the other. And for those who believe that they can, well, you'll be working twice as hard than God has intended for you to. Especially when you are trying to keep your children in line and raise them in the sight and the way God wants them to be raised. The Bible teaches those with children can't rely solely on hope and prayer to keep them civil. In fact, Proverbs 13.24 says the following, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chesteth him bedtimes. Bedtimes meaning right away. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that scripture, it didn't say anything about beating your child into submission or until someone calls Child Protective Services on you. It says to address wrongdoing right away so that it doesn't go unchecked. I suspect the reasoning for that instruction and so the child knows at that moment why he or she is being chastened and not having to guess later if their discipline is delayed for another day the bible also teaches that children are not to be provoked into wrongdoing listen to what colossians 3 21 says Fathers, provoke not 
your children to anger lest they be discouraged that makes perfect sense of course it would (laughs) it came from God What child will be happy if all they hear are negative words or are prompted to anger 24-7, which, as you know, will breed contentment in that child. Now, regarding that rod that was mentioned in Proverbs, in my opinion, it is anything but an actual rod but something that will get that child's attention so that he or she knows that there are very real consequences for their actions and that those consequences will be felt not by you, but by them. My brothers and sisters in Christ, full disclosure, I am not married and I have never been but I've come close twice. And you know, I don't regret the time expense or the love expressed with either of those women. Both were meaningful and great experiences that I will not exchange for anything. Do I have kids? No. Reason being, I didn't want to bring children into this already messed up world. So, I left that to you bold souls out there. With that said, I might not be the best person (laughs) to give advice on marriage and on raising children. But, but, God is. And like he did before me and will do well after me, he had someone totally unexpected and unconventional to speak his truths to the world. Thus, my book entitled The Vessel You Are More Than You Think. All it takes is faith. Peace and love.